You're listening to the God, God Life Culture, Culture Podcast, Podcast, where faith and what's trending collide. Welcome, welcome back to the latest episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. This is Eddie. What's up, everyone? This is Miguel, and we are so thankful that you are tuned in to a brand new episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. If you have not hit that subscribe button, be sure to do so at this time so you can be notified every time we drop a new episode. We are so excited for all of you who are joining us on this podcast journey. We actually just uh, put out a post a few days ago that we have crossed over 4,000 downloads. Super excited about that. And, um, you know, all of you who are joining us on this ride, we just want to say thank you. All of you who have left those reviews and those ratings, those definitely help put our podcast out in front of more people. Eddie, how are you doing today? Great. Just overall excited. We are kind of in the middle of a heat heat wave here yeah. in the Northeast. Uh, so, you know, people don't know what to do with themselves. They're like it's complaining. Hot. It's hot uh, and all that other stuff. But at the end of the day, like I always say, I'm good. My family's good. Everyone's good and healthy. Um, so there's really nothing to complain about. Yeah, you can complain about the heat. It is uncomfortable. It is a little hot and sweaty. Uh, but, dude, I'm just excited, especially to have the conversation with our guest uh, for today. And I'm just like ready to get into it. How is everything going for you? Yeah, same. Everything is going well. I was actually uh, in Jersey this past past weekend. I had to do some spoken word at a church over there. And uh, it was awesome, you know, being there. I love being at this church and awesome to also get to, you know, hear about new listeners that are there and, you know, some people that listen to our podcast and, you know, uh, how they listen on their way to work and, you know, on their way back from work and all of those things. So it's always great to, you know, meet those people that listen to our podcast and, you know, enjoy the conversation. So, you know, it was definitely encouraging and uplifting to be there. And, uh, you know, shout out to everyone who was there and, you know, who supports our podcast by listening each and every week. But uh, like you said, we have a special guest with us. I actually came across that came across this individual on TikTok one day scrolling and one of his videos came up. And, you know, after that video, I went on another video and another video and another video. And it was just awesome to see his content. Awesome to see everything that he, you know, shares with, uh, you know, his followers and just kind of on his social media. And, uh, you know, we're excited to dive into that and just dive into other parts of, you know, who he is and what he's doing at this time. So would you please welcome to the God Life Culture podcast, Zach Webb. Zach, can you please say hello to our listeners what's up guys how y'all doing yes yes thank you so much for for being with us you know on our podcast and for being here uh like i said uh you know a lot of our listeners may know you through a video on tiktok they may not even realize right that uh you know you're that person that they constantly see uh you know but it's awesome that you know you're here and that you know you're willing to have this conversation with us we're super excited about that but we also want to give our listeners you know and those who may not be familiar with who you are or what you do a chance for you to introduce yourself right so if someone were to ask you who is zach webb how would you answer that question um well i first off i just want to thank you guys for having me on it's a privilege um i've only done this like once or twice before so this is kind of new to me like doing podcasts and stuff 
Um, but if I had to describe myself, um, most, most people, most people know me as a worshiper. So they might've like seen, you know, like whenever Christian TikTok was like popping like a year ago, they might've seen me like sing Waymaker or something like that. Um, but honestly, if I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily just describe myself as a worshiper. I think I'm more of just like a, like just young creative artist that just loves Jesus. Um, and you know, obviously like my number one priority is, is to put my identity in Jesus. And I really don't, cause people ask me sometimes and, and it's so weird. It's so weird. Like whenever I go out in public or like if I'm at like a camp or something like that, people are asking me to be like, uh, do you like it? Do you get recognized in different places? And I'm like, Oh man, it really just depends on where I'm at. Um, cause if anything, like I'm okay with, I'm okay with being recognized. I'm okay with people coming up to me and like asking me who I am and everything. Um, because like they know me as a Jesus follower and that's pretty much all I need. It'd be different if I was like in the secular world. Um, yeah, I, don't yeah. think that I, would, I don't think that I would like it as much, but <laughs> yeah, to know, you're what to we know call that, you're Jesus famous. That's what it is. You're <laughs> Jesus famous. Right. Yeah. I don't just, it's, it's, it's a, it's an honor, honestly, to be able to be recognized. Um, by my love for Jesus. That means I'm doing something right, you know? Um, and I'm not ashamed of that at all whatsoever. Uh, so I don't know, short, short answer, I guess I would say, um, I'm, I'm just a Jesus lover that just loves people and loves to make music. And that's pretty much where I'm at right now. Um, I wouldn't probably describe myself any other way. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, and that's great. And you know what? It it is also evident because you know the over the the uh, over four hundred thousand followers you have, you have over twelve thousand uh, twelve million likes uh, cumulatively in your videos and all of that. Um, and you know it is based off you know a lot of people looking at your videos, which are faith based, which are motivational videos, which are of you singing. Um, but you know the question is, was that the intention from the beginning? Did you jump on? <laughs> Uh, to social media with the intention to just share about your your love and your passion for God? Or was that just, you were just having fun and then it just snowballed into that? Uh, yeah, so at the beginning, it, at the beginning, I honestly kind of thought TikTok was a joke. And um, <laughs> a lot of a lot of people kind of think the same. Uh, I've, I've like talked to a lot of friends who are on Christian TikTok or Christian influencers and they're like, yeah, I don't know, like TikTok just wasn't really for me. Um, but then I, I don't even know how it even started to be honest. I just started at first I was making like really cringy, like, like TikTok sounds and I was just doing like (laughs) videos over them. Um, and then I don't know, one of my friends, uh, do you guys know who, who, um, Brianna Noel is? Do you know who Bri is? So, okay. So she used to be in the praise house. Um, our, our group that we're, that we're in. But basically, before the praise house was a thing, I, I met this girl, this first like Christian TikToker, I guess, is, is I guess what you could say the first Christian TikToker that I met. And um, she was just like, hey, you should start like I kind of opened up about my faith, you know, early on uh, as we were getting to know each other. And she was like, you should start making like Christian content. And I was like, well, you know, I don't know if TikTok is really like the place to do that because I didn't see anybody on my for you page that was like making worship videos or anything. And so, um, I don't know. One day I just was like, you know, 
I think it was at the beginning of COVID actually, like whenever churches started shutting down and there really was no place to like go and worship. Um, I don't know. I was just, I guess God just kind of put it on my heart. It was like, man, like if you can't, if you can't lead worship to a congregation anymore, like you have people, you know, you can use social media, you can put up videos of you leading worship and people can be influenced by that. And so one day I just decided, I was like, okay, well I'll just put up like a worship cover or something. And, um, like two or three videos in the one, uh, of me singing Waymaker blew up out of nowhere. And then people would just kind of like knew me as like that guy on TikTok that does worship. So <laughs> now I do have a question because, you know, you did mention something a little earlier, um, you know, cause you, you don't consider yourself a worship leader, uh, but you are someone, uh, who sings and is musical and shares the, you know, the message of Christ and of God through your music. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am curious as to, you know, what came first, your relationship to just music or was it your relationship to like, worshiping god um through your music you know because there's some people that was like no i just love all type of music and then i had an experience that just hit me hard um so what's what's your experience with that um so i so i I was actually leading worship for like three or four years before i started social media stuff and that's kind of where everything originated um i grew up in houston texas and i went to a church called woodlands church and um, I think it was like early on high school years, I, there was like a moment where um, like m- my dad bought me a guitar and a like a cute little mic setup, right? Um, my freshman year of high school. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, you know, I've always wanted a guitar and everything and um, never really took it seriously, but I loved music. So that was one thing that I've always loved music, um, but I really feel like, uh, worship music was kind of where my relationship with God kind of originated. Um, I think it was like my junior year of high school. I went, I'd been going to church on Wednesday nights for like a student ministry or something at Woodlands church and never really like had a relationship with Jesus at all. Um, but like, you know how you're a high schooler and you're distracted and you're sitting in service. You're not really listening to like the person who's preaching or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But one thing that really stuck out to me was the worship music and how impactful and how like, like it was like loud and there were lights everywhere. And and that's kind of, that was new for me. Like I, I had never seen, cause I grew up thinking that church was like boring, you know, like I would go to church <laughs> and like sit with my family and then wait for lunch and get out. So that was kind of like my experience. So that's all I ever really knew who, like about God Um, but then whenever I went there, it was just something different where I was sitting in a youth service with, you know, 300 other, um, young teenagers. And I saw them just like going crazy, uh, like in the crowds and they were just like lifting their hands and singing out these songs and everything. I was like, man, like they're so passionate about this. And then eventually it just kind of like grew on me and I just like developed a love for worship music. And that was like my favorite part of the service. Um, and so I think it was like my junior year of high school, uh, kind of rewinding back. But I remember, uh, I remember like sitting in my closet at the time. So I had like this walk-in closet with like a bunch of clothes in it. And I was really like sheltered about my singing or just my music in general. Um, but I had learned guitar a little bit and I just started like singing in my closet by myself. And, um, that's probably the earliest 
moment that I can think of, of where I actually started to develop like a relationship with Jesus as I would just like, you know, in high school, I was going through all this stuff and we can, we can kind of get into my testimony and what that exactly is later. But, um, I was going through so much and my junior year of high school, I just like started going into my closet and sitting on a stool with my guitar. And I would just sit there and just like sing like the first two songs that I ever learned were like pursue by Hillsong young and free and um, to my knees. And so I would just sing those songs over and over and over again. And I knew them by that point because I've been going to like services and everything. So I like learned about God's character through worship music. Like I didn't, I I didn't learn his character through like sitting um, in a service, which I should have been right. I should have been listening and like actually paying attention. But um, it was in like the quiet moments whenever, like I would go in my closet and just start singing whenever I could actually like feel him talking to me through those songs. Uh, And I think that's where everything kind of started. And then after that, you know, fast forward a couple months, um, I had went from like being a drug dealer and like within like the span of a week, I got invited to this leadership retreat because they had saw one of my videos on Instagram of me singing. They were like, hey, you should come lead worship. I was like, God, I don't don't really know if that's for me or not. Um, But then like I just had a tug on my heart to go to this leadership retreat and came back just like on fire and they were like you should lead worship and i was like okay well i'll just give it a try and then after that like it was just like i just fell in love like i just i found my purpose and i i just i knew exactly like i knew that i wanted to lead worship and i wanted to do music for the rest of my life um so that's kind of like how my relationship with jesus kind of originated i guess what you would say yeah i love that i mean i love how you said that you learned god's character through worship and i think that you know there are so many different ways that we come to know more about god and know more about his character and like Mm -hmm. you said you know growing up church you know had a specific impact on you um until you know you went to this church or or this place where the worship was so loud and there were lights and all those things that it really kind of you know, uh, made that experience super impactful for you. And I think it's, you know, important for us to remember that when individuals walk into a church, there are so many opportunities for them to be impacted, whether it is through the worship, whether, whether Mm -hmm. it is through, you know, the creativity on, you know, in one of the, you know, special moments, whether it's, uh, you know, painters, we see, we see poets, we see, you know, musicians, and then there's like a message at the end. So every part of a worship service has, has that opportunity to really impact someone's life. And, you know, you said that, you know, you basically at one point were, you know, were a drug dealer or participating in those things. And you went from that to really encountering God and, and having, um, you know, uh, stepping into that calling that he had for you. How was that transition like for you? You know, you, you stated that, you know, you were in that, you know, in that world one moment, and then you kind of took that step forward into, you know, worshiping. Uh, what was that transition like for you? Um, so, yeah, so I, I, like I mentioned, I was like really wrapped up in high school. Um, I played football for a really long time. So, you know, with that environment, I just wasn't really surrounded by uh, Christians at all. Or if even if they were Christians, they were really hidden about it. And so um, uh, me being in football, I was just – you know, again, surrounded by all of this peer pressure to just do whatever I need to do to look cool or to be popular. Um, and so 
I would like play football. And then on the weekends I would go out and party and I would do that every so often, every weekend and just kind of sneak out um, and do that with my friends at the time. And so that kind of just developed into like this, I don't really, really bad um, cycle of me just like going to church on Wednesdays and not really paying attention because it was like the cool thing to do. And then on the weekends, I would like, you know, have my games and after the games, I would go out and party. And so that's kind of how it originated. And then after a while, it was like I couldn't even like I, I, I didn't know what else to do with my free time, but go out and like smoke or go out and, you know, drink with my friends. And um, it, it had gotten to the point where, you know, my friends were drug dealing. So I hopped in on it with them. And so that was just what we did. And that was just like kind of who I was. And so me finding Jesus, um, was really weird for me because it was like, I was living this two faced life where on Wednesday, like there was a, there was a tug in my heart to get to know God. And I would go on Wednesday nights and I'd be like, okay, like, you know, I, I actually, I actually enjoy this. And I actually, I, I want to know how to get to know God. And like, at that point I wasn't, I had, I hadn't given my life to Jesus. So I, I wasn't, um, I wasn't really like a Christian yet. I wouldn't have labeled myself as a Christian, but I was trying to like figure him out. And so with like all the worship and everything, just like learning his character, um, as I went to, uh, Wednesdays, Wednesday nights, every single Wednesday, it became stronger. And so, um, it was really weird, but after my junior year, uh, it was like the summer and I was supposed to go, we were literally having like summer two a days, uh, for football and there was one day where I woke up, I woke up in the morning and I was just like, you know what? Screw this. Like I'm done. I'm done living like a double sided life. Like I want to be all in for Jesus. And I, I, I believe that he's real. And I believe that he's like speaking to me. And I believe that like, there's more to life than just doing this stuff. Um, and so there was one morning where I woke up and I went to two days and I like looked at my coach in the face and said, Hey, I'm quitting. Uh, you won't be seeing me anymore. And I literally dropped my pads and just like, I walked off wow. the field and, and I, I never really looked back. Um, and what's crazy is like, after that, I thought that things were going to get better. And I thought that like my life was going to get so much better, but for a while, it really felt like it got worse. Um, and because that, the main reason was because I put my identity so much into football and into that friend group and into partying and everything whenever I completely left that and decided to follow Jesus, it was like, I felt like I didn't have anything after, like whenever I threw my pads down and decided to leave, like nobody, nobody came after me. Like none of, none of my so-called like friends came to see like what was going on in my life and they weren't even like invested at all. And so whenever I quit the football team and started like, you know, going to church and um, like, trying to be more invested in, in like life groups and everything, nobody followed me. And it was almost like mm. I was alone for a while. And there were like probably it was that year was easily whenever I first gave my life to Jesus, those first six months were easily the hardest. That was like the hardest period of my life because I just felt like I was alone and I didn't have any friends at the church. All my friends that did go to the church were football players that would go with me but I wasn't friends with them anymore. So it was like, I was kind of trying to figure out where my community is. And, um, at first it was hard. Like the transition was really hard. 
And then again, like I got invited to a leadership retreat because um, the pastor saw something in me and was like, hey, like, I really want you to come with us. I see like leadership over your life. Um, and at, at that point, I had nothing left. So and for about four or five months, I was like suicidal and really didn't just didn't like life at all. I really didn't want to be here on the earth. And all it took was just one person to reach out to me. Um, and that was his name's uh, Daniel Williams. He's a pastor at Willis Church still. But he reached out to me and was like, hey, I really want you to come on this trip. Like, I really do believe that there's something on your life and um, you, you have music. And I can see that that I can see that you've been kind of growing in that and your relationship with Jesus kind of like, you know, has developed on music. And so I really want you to like, just come and, and see what it's like. And so I went and like, I had like this, this crazy encounter with the Holy spirit. And they were like, so every night we would do like this bonfire worship and it's like, it was in Arkansas. So it was like under the stars, it was in the mountains and everything. And um, at first it was really weird because people were like praying over each other. And that's not something that I'm was used to doing. <laughs> wasn't very yeah. comfortable in that. Um, but there was one moment where they were like, Hey, we're going to prophesy over people tonight. And I really feel it on my heart that there's someone here that's struggling to find their identity and it's going to come out tonight. And, and Jesus is going to call them up. And it was crazy. Cause you know, I wasn't necessarily raised in the church and I wasn't really introduced to the Holy spirit. And so all of this was really weird for me. Um, it was very foreign. So whenever he told me, he, whenever he told everybody that we were going to prophesy, I was like, what the heck does that even mean? And, um, <laughs> and people just started like praying and they would speak up whenever they would see something. And um, it was really, it was really weird. I just remember it being so weird. And it felt like I was in a dream because there was like one girl that would, that opened up and was like, Oh, I see like musical notes flying around the fire. I don't know if that means anything to anybody, but that's what I see. And then like the next person would say, um, Oh, I see like a big door opening and closing. And then another person opened up and was like, Oh, I see like multiple doors like lined up next to each other, opening and closing. And people, as people started to talk and people started to open up, I just remember myself like sitting there in front of the fire and being like, God, this is ridiculous. Like, I don't, I don't know what's happening right now. And I remember sitting there and praying and talking to God and being like, okay, God, like if you are real, I, I need to know, like I, I, you, you brought me here. So if you're real, like I need something, I need you to, I need you to show me. And I remember I fell into a vision. I was sitting there praying and I looked into the fire and I closed my eyes and I saw myself, uh, in this like white atmosphere and I was walking up to these doors they were big green doors with windows in the middle of every single one of them. And as I walked up to the first door, I reached for the handle and it slammed shut. And I remember like trying to get in the door and it, and it wasn't, it wouldn't open, like it wouldn't budge. And so I looked in the, the, um, the glass in the middle of the door and I could see like myself whenever I was like a freshman and like struggling like with pornography or something like that. And then I would go to the next door and I would try to reach for the door and it would slam shut again. And I would like try to get in like, and I would try to like break it open, but it just wouldn't open. And then every single time that I would go to a door, they would slam shut. And I just remember getting so frustrated because I'm like, I, I couldn't get in the door. And so finally, I remember like in this vision, yelling at God and being like so aggravated with him 
and being like, I just, I can't find purpose. Like you, you, you ha- you've given me nothing. I, I don't have anything left. So what do you expect me to do? And I remember the last door being open and me not wanting to go to it. And I just remember being so frustrated. I was about to just give up. And I was like, God, I'm not, I'm not even going to go to the door because it's not even going to open. Why would I even do that? And I remember like walking up to the last door and I finally opened it. And, um, as I opened the door, I just like saw this, like really, like it was so bright. Like I couldn't, I couldn't even like see anything, but I could see where I was walking. So I looked down at my feet and I remember seeing like a musical staff underneath my feet and like music notes flying everywhere. And I remember hearing like all these different instruments and everything. And I was just walking up this musical staff. And then like within a moment, I, I like woke up and I, and I'm sitting there, um, around this fire and I'm literally like shaking. I'm like, it was so real. And it was so like, it felt so real. I did not know what to think. I was just sitting there shaking. I was gasping for air and people were like praying over me. And I just, I was so just amazed because like that was the realest thing that I had ever felt in my whole life. Um, and after that, like the head pastor was just like, I truly believe that like there's you have an anointing over your life for music um, and you need to open up about that and like really take that because I think that's that's like your God given purpose like that that's what you've been wanting this whole time. And from that day on, I just I, I will never forget that moment. I will never forget that vision. I will never forget that for the rest of my life because I know that that's like I was on my last straw and, yeah. and I was like, God, I, I need I need I need proof like I need something. And that was like the realest moment I had ever felt in my life. Um, Yeah. And that's the most beautiful thing about God. I mean, that when you give him that opportunity and when you kind of reach that place where you're like, you know, God, I need to encounter you or God, I need this experience. I need for you to speak to me. You know, God will chase you down and God will do what he needs to do to get your attention. And, uh, you know, you said something real interesting before you said that, you know, when you kind of uh, chose to make this decision that it was lonely in the beginning. Right. And I think oftentimes so many people think that once they accept the Lord and, you know, they start in this journey that everything will be okay, that everything will be, you know, going great for them immediately. And sometimes, like you said, you will have to step out on faith and you will be by yourself for a season. Right. And you will kind of, you know, not have that support that you may want. Right. Your friends may not be able to kind of understand or relate to you. And uh, it will be necessary to kind of go through that season of loneliness. Uh, But like you said, you have to stick through it, you know, and you have to keep moving forward in spite of that. Right. And you kind of have to get through that rough season of feeling out of place. Mm -hmm. Right. And eventually we see the beauty and we see the results and the fruit of that decision that you made way back right? Uh, when you were in high school and you're kind of experiencing the fruits and and the reward of that decision now. You know, you talk about how uh, you know, you, how God, you know, deposited that gift of music and worship in, in your life and, you know, uh, and having different people speak over you and you made, you know, a pretty big decision this year, right? On May 21st, you released your first <laughs> single and it was titled, I'll never let you go. And, uh, you know, we always like to ask, you know, our guests that come on here and they have music that they release, what the process was like in releasing that song, you know, was this 
this something that you wrote in a week and then it was like, yeah, I'm going to put it out? Or was it something that was, you know, kind of taking a while and brewing within you and you said, you know what, this is the right time to release it? Um, that's a good question. Uh, so I was never like a writer, I guess. Um, and I always like doubted myself when it came to like writing music and everything. Um, but I started like writing in a journal my senior year. Um, and I had not gone to any like writing camps. Like I wasn't like, I, I, I had no help in writing. And so I was always like super insecure of like, Oh, like there's all these people that are like so much better than me. And I'm hearing all these like real big time famous, like Christian artists that are writing all these songs. I'm like, I don't know if I could ever do that. And, uh, I remember like, I've, I always wanted, I wanted to write songs, but I didn't think that I was like gifted in that. And so I never really tried. Um, and so these past, like probably two years, um, I never wrote music at all, but I do remember this year, like, I think it was in January, looking back at some of my notes, um, whenever I would try to write songs and I remember finding like a, a page and I just remember seeing the words, like, I'll never let you go. Like whatever happens, like, I'm, I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to give up. Um, and honestly, it just, it was like this like really uh, random like spur of the moment god given inspiration where i was just like you know what no like i i am going to believe in myself and whether or not if if it's a flop or not like i don't care like i'm i have the platform now so i really don't have an excuse like cuz before i never really wrote or like put out music cuz i really didn't think that people were going to listen to it um but throughout this whole entire year, God's been really building like my influence. And so if I did release music, I'd have people to li- that would want to listen to it and people to inspire. And so God was like, you don't have an excuse now. Like I've, I've given you, I've given you the people. So put out your stuff. And so eventually I was just like, you know what? Like, you're right. Like I'll, I'll, I'll do something if anything. And so I started writing the song and uh, literally like, I think I downloaded FL Studio, um, like, right before I had left for Phoenix. Uh, and I just started, like, messing around with it and everything. And then I got here in Phoenix. And with the help of, like, a lot of people just, like, really encouraging me, um, I had opened up more and more about, you know, me wanting to write music and me wanting to put stuff together and, and like, just share my heart uh, and share my testimony through music. And they're like, dude, you have to, like you don't have an excuse. I kept like, people kept telling me like, you don't have an excuse not to like the only excuse that you have not to do is just based on your insecurities. But even your insecurities, like that's, those aren't from God. And if anything, God would want you to share your heart. And so I kept hearing that over and over again. I was like, fine. Like, I guess like I was just really stubborn. Um, and then eventually I just started like writing music on my guitar and picking up my guitar and like just singing random words and putting stuff together and so I just remember, like, there was, like, one day where I was like, okay, I I guess I guess I'm just going to try it. And I just hit the record button, and within, I think I was on, like, a TikTok live or something, and started recording and putting stuff together. And people were like, you have to, like, you have to release music. Like, you have to do it. 
and um and like two days later i had the song together and it's just acoustic so i never really like had to put anything super fancy on it i just recorded my guitar and put my voice over it and then i was like okay well i guess i'll just i'll start from here um I'll just start acoustic and wherever God takes it, he'll take it. Like if I need people, he'll bring in the people. Um, and so it's been a crazy journey just in these past two months, um, being able to connect with like, different writers and different people. And um, I, I met a guy back in Houston. He's my dad's cousin. And he's like a, um, like a professional agency with like individual artists and everything. And so he's, he's trying to help me out. And so now it's like becoming like a reality of like, no, Zach, like you, you've had this all along. You, you were just too insecure. Like you, you gotta let go of that. And so now I'm really, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm finally free from like those insecurities, um, of me just doubting myself, but I still really don't have any idea what I'm doing. Um, I'm just kind (laughs) of like just sitting down and, and just pouring my heart out. And then if God tells me to release something, you know, I'll release it. And so I have like a bunch of songs like backed up and kind of like uh, just saved, but I I'm I don't know I I don't know where it's gonna go from here I don't I have no expectation I'm just like kind of just okay God whatever you want to do like if you want me to be a, a a songwriter and you want me to travel amazing if you want me to just like stay committed to this church and and pour into a local church like i'll lead worship i'll do that and so right now i feel like i'm in a really good place in my life where um i have i have different uh pathways that that god's kind of put in front of me it's like well if you, if you want to release music and you want to do that for the rest of your life you can do that and if you want to lead worship at a church and you want to do that and do that for the rest of your life then amazing so like now i'm just kind of leaving it up to him of like, whatever you want to do, God, like, I'll do it. Um, I don't need to be huge. I don't need to be famous. Like, I just want to inspire people. And I just, I want to be, I want to be a good represent, representation of you. So yeah. wherever you want to take me for that, I'm, I'm down to go whatever direction. Yeah. So, and yeah. I think that's what God, you know, looks for, right? He looks for that disposition. He looks for that willingness to to be obedient, right? And, uh, you know, like you said, when, when your heart's in the right place and you're not seeking, you know, uh, and you have ulterior motives and you're, you know, seeking recognition or fame or all these different things, God really does, you know, work things out and align things in such a way that it will make sense, right? And it mm-hmm. will be clear what your purpose is, you know, in the season that he has you in. And after releasing, you know, uh, I'll never let you go. I remember just seeing on Instagram so many different people supporting and reposting and sharing their thoughts on it. Um, I believe it was just like two weeks after that, you released another song titled 13 that was actually a little different, right? Than your first song. And it had a completely different message where you were very vulnerable and open, um, you know, on social media about the message behind that song. What's kind of the message uh, behind the song 13? Yeah, so I started writing that song. Um, that song, I actually, I was, I was journaling. Um, I remember having like a moment of like, kind of, that song is kind of like a song of repentance for me. Um, and the only reason why it's titled 13 is because when I was 13, I was exposed to pornography. And I remember like, being really confused and uh, not really knowing how to, how to feel about this feeling that I was getting. Um, and it was even before I met Jesus, 
I just, I knew that it was, it wasn't settling with me and it wasn't like comfortable. And I knew that it wasn't good for me, even though like I had never even been told that pornography was bad. You know, I just felt, I felt the weight of like just this uncomfortable feeling. Um, and so after that, like pornography just like lingered in my life and really like, if like people, people ask me, you know, what's like the biggest thing that you, that you struggle with. Um, and I, to this day, like lust and pornography has scarred my life. Like I, there's nothing else in my life that has really impacted me in a negative way as much as pornography has. And so, uh, the best way that I learned how to overcome pornography and, and really give it up to God is be completely vulnerable with it and just completely let it go and put it into the light. And so, you know, through this past year, um, just with like a bunch of people like asking me, Oh, like, you know, how did you do this? How did you overcome this? And how did you do that? And, you know, there were years where I was even in my junior, senior, freshman in college where I was leading worship and still like, like struggling with pornography, but I wasn't telling anybody. And so like, I just felt like a big hypocrite and I didn't know what, I didn't know what to, I didn't know what to think. And, and all this condemnation came over my mind and I just, I had no idea where to go. Um, and so I remember writing this song like a few months I think it was like one or two months after I had finally like felt God take that out of my life. Um, and I remember being like, okay, I need to write a song like about just that journey, uh, and how that was like, and, um, how do I explain this? Like, and, and it's, it's so weird how it's like, it's not, you can't really explain like the weight and the feeling of, of that kind of scar you know and um for years of my life i just i didn't know how to open up and i didn't know how to love and i didn't know how to um treat people uh because of pornography like it, it literally affected the way that i would view women it would affect the way that i would treat my parents it would affect the way that i would have conversation with people and i remember like like just crying out to God and being like, I, I have to get rid of this. Like this, ha it has to leave my life. And I wanted to feel free. And so like, there's a point in the song where it's like, um, like I need you to teach me what true love is uh, because I just don't know. I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know what it is at this point. You know what I mean? And so um, that was just kind of like a cry out to God of like, teach me. Like I need, I need you to teach me what true love is. Um, I know that this isn't from you. Um, I know that it's causing all this pain. That's not you at all. And this is not from you. And so if it's not from you, I don't want it. So I need you to, I need to, I need you to rewire my brain is basically how like that cry out mm -hmm. to God was. Um, and so, yeah, I, there, it doesn't specifically say in the song. Um, but really whenever people go back and listen to that song, they can really kind of hear Oh, like he was exposed when he was 13. He was confused. He was crying out to God. He didn't really know how to get rid of it. He didn't know how to battle it. Um, but he, he just really wanted to know. He really wanted to figure out what true love was. And that's yeah. kind of the, the base of the song, I guess.
No, and I think that it is definitely commendable and applaudable for you to open that area up of yourself and your personal life and your journey with Christ up to the world, you know, because there it's like uh, it has like a double stigma, the stigma that nobody wants to talk about it. But also we're living in a day and of age where sexual exploration is what the world is trying to push out there, you know. So while in, you know, in your own in your own heart and your own mind and for all those other people as well that can relate to that feeling you're mm-hmm. like man i don't you know this hurts you know that it's affecting my life negatively it's having all this you know negative domino effect in my life you can't really speak to about it with everybody because the world talks about it as oh no it's nothing wrong with right. that it's great it's this is that um you know but by st- taking the step to share your testimony uh with the world on that it does give hope to all those other young people and even adults that are struggling with that mm-hmm. and do find themselves in that same situation as well you know one of the things that i find um very not only interesting but actually love about you know your testimony is how how open you are about it and you know you're very frank about the fact that it wasn't easy you're very frank mm-hmm. about the fact that you know there were moments of loneliness there were moments where negative thoughts came into your mind there were moments where you know you didn't know what to do even nowadays you know and, and i relate to that as well where you're like lord i'm just moving forward i don't know how it's gonna happen but lord you're gonna make a way uh, yeah. for it to happen you know those are all things that are relatable especially in a time where there's a lot of young people that, you know, they, they don't get, it's very hard for them to relate, you know, to the church experience, you know, to the message of Christ and of God, uh, because not everyone knows how to deliver the message. But when we have people like yourself, who is just being vulnerable and transparent about their experiences, it does have a positive effect on the people that hear your message, you know, and, you know, I am curious, what would you say to someone who at this moment is exactly where you were at, a, you mm-hmm. know, back in high school, you know, uh, you know, a young person who is maybe exposed, uh, has been exposed, for example, to the pornography um, realm and are struggling with that, or Mm -hmm. even those individuals who understand like, man, I really need to take a leap of faith and get my act together and really trust God and like dive into that, but are afraid of experiencing what you experience, which is the loneliness and the rejection of those around them. So what would you tell a young person that finds themselves at that crossroad? Oh man, that is, that's, that's a really tough stage. Um, and I'm not even going to try to like sugarcoat anything. Like it's, it's so hard. It's so hard to break because it's so, you're so isolated. Um, and I really do feel like it's probably the most like covered up, um, sin that a, a guy or a girl can can go through because it's literally it's you it's you versus satan that's it yeah. like you don't you don't have anybody with you if you don't open up about it it's literally you versus you and that's what's so toxic about it it's like it's so hard to open up about something that that you've been going through for so long in the dark um and and it really does take a lot of boldness and courage to finally say no you know what like I don't care what people are going to think. I don't care what's going to happen. Like sure. Some things are going to happen after that, that aren't going to, it might be lonely and it, and it might yeah. take a couple months for me to get past it, but at least people know, and at least I have help um, and hope. And so um, 
the first step I feel like what really helped me um, was finding someone that I know could I could trust and someone who wasn't going to call me ugly and someone who wasn't going to, you know, say, oh, well, you need to clean this up. Like you need to figure this out. Uh, yeah. Go to go to someone who's going to who's going to love on you um, and that you can open up to and that someone that won't condemn you. And whatever, whether it's like, you know, I, I know that it was it was so hard for me to open up to my parents um, mm-hmm. so that was not an option for me. Cause I was like, I don't want to let them down. I don't want them to think any less of me. So I need to go figure out someone that I can talk to. Um, yeah. and I went to you know, just a few of my, uh, student ministry pastors and opened up to them and was like, Hey, like, I, I just want to tell you this and I want to put, put it into the light and I, I'm, I'm struggling with this. I don't know how to overcome it. And I need, I need accountability. I need you to help me. And so, and, and the other thing I'll say too, is like, like pornography is, is one of those things where people really, it's, it's kind of up to you to, to finally get into the mindset and, and have a shift in your mindset of saying, no, like I, I am ultimately the only person that's really accountable for this. Uh, yeah. to, to get past this because like like I said it's it's a one-on-one thing um, there's you're not gonna have people next to you by your side 24 7 you know and and more than time more times than often it really hits you and the temptation really really hits you in the face late at night whenever you're by yourself in your bed you know and so mm-hmm. um, for me it took it took me opening up to multiple multiple people and being like look I struggle with this big time and I need help. And if I don't get help, I'm afraid I'm going to get stuck in it. And so, um, I literally had to reach out to friends and be like, Hey, I need you to call me or FaceTime me. Um, I need you to FaceTime me at 11 PM at night because that's whenever I know I'm going to be in bed and I'm going to be alone and I'm going to be isolated. And if I don't pick up, I need you to come to my house. That's how like real it was for me. Mm Um, and the biggest thing is having people around you, people that can hold you accountable um, and find a couple friends. Um, you know, obviously, if you're a guy, find some guy friends to hold, be, hold you accountable. If you're a girl, find some some girl uh, friends that that will you, that will be there for you no matter what. Um, and that will hound you about that. And if you don't pick up the phone and you don't answer or give them some type of explanation why you didn't pick up the phone, they're going to be there at your front door to, to help you and love on you. Um and there were times, there were times where I didn't pick up the phone and people had to come get me out of my bed and literally like take me to go get ice cream or something, you know, cause I was just beating myself up about it. And, uh, so that's the first step is finding, finding a, a couple guys, a couple mentors to really pour into your life that know exactly what you're going through. And you gotta, you gotta speak the whole truth. You can't just speak half the truth. You know what I mean? Like you gotta give them everything. Yep. You gotta give them literally every single little dirty piece of you that that you can think of and be like look i want to give this up to jesus and i need your help um Mm -hmm. because ultimately that's where all the freedom comes from is like being completely transparent and then after that honestly it's just like the more you open up about it the less of a grip that it has on you and that's what i've learned um is the more that i've opened up about pornography and the more that i've you know, put it into the light and, and try to inspire people, the less of, of a grip that Satan has to hover over my head. Um, cause I know that 
I'm cleaned. I know that I'm washed by the blood of Jesus. Um, and so why would I ever think that that could hold any weight or condemnation in my life? And so the more that you open up and talk about it, the more you're going to, the more freedom you're going to feel. Um, and that's really the only two things that I feel like have helped me out a lot. It's just finding people and opening up about it as much as you can, because like, you know what you go through and the more you're open up about it, the more it's not going to hold a grip on you. No, absolutely. And I really like, you know, what you said and, you know, really detailing and highlighting while it is a spiritual journey and it is something that you have to be vulnerable with God about and ask him to work in your heart and in your mind with, you know, it does take actual physical practical stuff that you do need to do, Um, whether it is getting your circle of friends, whether it is understanding that at the end of the day, the decision is literally up to you whether or not you will partake or not partake and you know really cultivating a way out of that dark area or that dark zone or mental space is really the way to go you know switching gears just a little bit um you know you're very you you share this on social media a lot and i don't have any tattoos myself but (laughs) i am i do have an appreciation for the art form, uh, but you do have a couple yourself. You share it on social media, um, and I'm and from what I see, they all seem to be purposeful. It's not like a random day you were bored yeah. and you got like uh, a random thing on it. Uh, so, just which one is your favorite and why? Which tattoo do you have is your favorite and why? Um, I would say my very very first tattoo that I got is my favorite um, because I was I think I was a it's it's a pretty cool story but my freshman year of high school I didn't even know Jesus wasn't even involved in church at all just been going to church with my my family because they would force me to on Sundays but I remember being like really bored in chemistry class and uh, I started just like doodling on my paper and I drew like a cross and then added some like leaves around it and then I put a musical staff around it and I remember drawing that and taking a picture of it on my phone and like keeping it. And then like, after that, I just forgot about it. Like I, I, like it had never happened. And then my senior year of high school, I, after I had given my life to Jesus, gotten baptized and, and really started pursuing worship and um, kind of found that calling and found that purpose over my life. I remember going through my photos and scrolling through just one night and finding that picture from my freshman year of high school of a cross with a musical staff around it with Psalm 1081 written above it. And I remember like bawling my eyes out because it was just like God was so faithful. And like he planted that in my heart my freshman year and I had no idea that that was going to come to pass, you know. And um, so I found that my senior year and my parents before I had tattoos, my parents were like, you're not getting, you're not going to get your ears pierced. You're not going to get tattoos. You're not going to do anything until you get out the house. And, um, I remember my senior year, my, my parents started to become more lenient and it was funny, like the closer they got to Jesus and the closer they got in community and started to, um, really develop a relationship with the Lord. Cause they, they really didn't have a relationship with Jesus until I was probably a freshman in high school. So we were all learning together. Um, and as we grew together, we, we realized it was just more about just love and the community and like loving people. And my senior year, I had finally convinced my parents to get my ears pierced. And then after that, whenever I turned 18, I was like, Hey, like I'm basically an adult now. Can I get this tattooed on my body? And so it, it, it took 
it took a couple of months for for them to kind of ease in and and to kind of be like you know what like you've wanted this tattoo for a long time you have it planned out you know it has purpose it's not just like a spongebob tattoo like you're gonna (laughs) you're gonna you're gonna like this for the rest of your life and so i got it um so yeah i have like psalm 1081 written above my shoulder and uh across and it's it's literally the exact same drawing that i got whenever or that i drew my freshman year because i had always been into art so i just drew it out and i was like hey i went to my tattoo artist and i was like hey i want this on my arm but can you make it a little bit more realistic and so he did and um ever since then like i've just i've just fallen in love with tattoos but that's probably like my first one that i i'll always like that one the best <laughs> Nice, man. I mean, we just want to say thank you for, you know, being on this podcast with us and for, you know, being so open, vulnerable, transparent. Uh, you know, like Eddie said, I know that your your boldness in sharing your testimony, right, uh, definitely uh, reaches people, right, and speaks mm-hmm. to people. And I know that our listeners are going to be extremely blessed by this conversation. You know, as you were talking and as you were, you know, sharing, uh, you know, through your music and through all the things that, you know, you do, uh, you know, I can definitely say that there is courage in creativity, mm, you know, especially yeah, sure. when uh, especially when you are a believer. Right. And when you acknowledge that your creativity is a gift that has been given to you, there is a courage that comes in with that, because there are things, again, that, you know, I may feel more comfortable sharing in a spoken word or in a poem than I can do just talking. Right. There's mm-hmm. more, uh, you know maybe opportunity for you to be bold and courageous about certain things through a song than there is to just, you know, tell someone right um, face to face. So there definitely is courage and creativity. And you are an example of, you know, someone who is bold about, you know, their struggle, but also bold about the strength that they find in Mm. their relationship with God. So that is amazing to hear. And, you know, once again, we just want to say thank you for taking up your time to be on our podcast, for being so open and transparent. We truly appreciate it. Man, it was it. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was it was a blessing. Of course, of course. And to all our listeners, be sure, uh, you know, Zach. Actually, if you can just let us know your social media handles and everything, so our listeners can go and follow you, that'll be great. Uh, yeah. So on TikTok, I'm pretty much every platform. It's just Zach Web Music, Z A C H W E B B Music, um, and that's about it. Awesome. Yeah. So go and follow him on TikTok, Instagram, and all those great things. His YouTube channel, be sure to subscribe as well. And uh, go check out his two songs that he has released on streaming platforms. Um, I'll Never Let You Go and 13. Be sure to show that support and uh, definitely, you know, send him an encouraging message on social media as well. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and on Facebook at God Life Culture Podcast. Hit that subscribe button so you can be notified every week when we drop a new episode. So I want to thank Zach once again for joining us and to you, our listeners, for taking out of your time to be with us in today's episode. As always, we always like to cement the idea of supporting our fellow musicians, artists, creators, whatever it is that they do, if you have the ability to follow them, to purchase it, to stream it, please do so because this is all about expanding the kingdom. So I want to thank you for tuning into the latest episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. That's God God Life Life Culture. Culture. Until next time. See ya. Bye.